Happy weekend, Chase Oaks. It's good to be with you. I want to take a moment to greet everybody watching online, Woodbridge, Sloan Creek, Richardson, Chase Oaks, Espanol, and everybody here. It is uh, such an honor to always be with you. Uh, if you haven't seen me in a while, it is because uh, me and my wife were busy having our second child. This is him, and he is uh, two months old today, actually. And uh, this is him and uh, his older brother. We asked him, we said, hey, we got a little brother on the way, and we want to know what you think we should name him. And he said, Spider-Man Leak. <laughs> now, that's, that's not responsible. I love the Avengers, but uh, we went with Roman Xander Leak, ladies and gentlemen. Two months old today. And uh, it has been, uh, I haven't slept in two months, came straight here. It's good to see you as well. And uh, I get more respect. Now, I didn't know that you get more respect for having two kids than one kid. People want to help you all of a sudden. Like, where have you been for the last four years? People are sending me links to minivans. I'm not there yet. But if you do that, God bless you right where you're at. And uh, but we're we're so excited to, to be with you this weekend. Uh, if you're joining us for the very first time, uh, thank you so much for giving us 60 minutes of your weekend. And if your friend tricked you into being here, they told you, uh, let's go get some coffee. And they brought you to the lobby and handed you a nice iced coffee and said, hey, let's go in here and see what these people are doing. Um, I'm not sorry uh, that they tricked you into being here. Um, I believe that these uh, next few moments that we have together uh, could absolutely uh, change your life. We are going to be starting a collection of talks over the next few weeks called Things That Keep You Up at Night. Um, these are the things that are, can be in our lives that hold us back from uh, having all that God uh, wants us to have. And I want us to uh, kick off this series uh, with this verse found in Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Uh, whether you knew this or not, uh, there is a race that God has marked out for every single person under the sound of my voice. And I want you to be able to run that race without any baggage, without anything holding you back. And uh, the, the thing that I'm going to be talking about in terms of the things that keep us up at night is found in Jonah chapter 2, verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Jonah's writing to a group of people that had set their eyes on some idols. And he's going, listen, you're going to lose a lot for very little. Today, I want to speak to you on the subject of American idols. American idols. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity we have to look at your word today. And God, I pray that we would find so much freedom today, so much peace found in following after you. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, uh, being a, a parent is such a revealer of what you really believe because it comes down to what are you going to pass on to your kids? What are you going to teach someone else? And as I am raising uh, two boys now, uh, my older one who's four and a half, he, uh, he has 
an illogical, emotional attachment to things that make absolutely no sense to why he's obsessed with them. He loves our empty laundry detergent bottles, okay, and wants to take them to school. Like, they're, they're pretty big, okay? It's like, like, why would you want to take these to school? He's like, I love it. He also has an illogical, emotional attachment to his blankie. Now, he takes this blankie everywhere, to the park, to the doctor, to school, church, gym. Like, this thing has been everywhere. It is so nasty, we decided to buy the same blanket, okay, and tried to substitute it, but he recognized the substitute. He said, you're a fraud, okay? Like, I know my real blankie when I see it, okay? It's like, dude, you got to let this thing go. And it's like, most of us go, Ryan, it's four and a half. Let him love his blankie. But that four and a half year old, one day is going to be 40, and guess what he's going to have? An illogical, emotional attachment to something else that we're going to go, dude, like, why in the world would you ever be obsessed with that? And anytime you read uh, about idols, especially in the Bible, it's kind of an illogical, emotional attachment to, well, this is what I think of whenever I, I think of idols in the Bible. You look at this thing and you go, hey, Israelites or whatever group of people that are bowing down to idols, like, you really put stock into this? Like, Moses left for five minutes to get you some Ten Commandments, and you got so bored, you decided to build this? You thought this would, like, bring you happiness and contentment and purpose? Like, you decided to bow down to, to this? It's like, we kind of look at it, kind of go, man, it's illogical, but that you have this emotional thing with that. But I have a feeling that if any of those people were in our time today, that they might look at us and go, you mean you had an illogical emotional attachment to Benjamin? <laughs> like, 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 really? Like, like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just paper, right? I mean, like, like at least ours was, was metal. And then they go, well, what about your plastic thing that you just like love? Just keep swiping it. And then for some of us, we go, man, my idol would be like this, this channel that I just can't get off of and and, and then it, 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 it and, and maybe your channel isn't HGTV maybe you pick another channel or another uh, streaming service and, and you, you've got your thing but then whatever that thing is it leads you to to want more stuff and then you go man if I could just get a new house and, and, and then we kind of you know can easily fall prey to driving past new neighborhoods and go oh we, we, we should get a new house and then your husband goes no we can't do that you go okay that's fine I'll settle for a new kitchen then okay let me renovate my deal okay like let me live out my dream and, and then you just kind of find yourself Zillow and chilling you know what I mean and you just kind of can can start doing some things where you just it's constantly on your mind and it becomes this it, and, and, and please hear my heart on, on today's message it's easy for a thing to turn into an idol. Because sometimes it's just, it's just, just a thing. Like it can be just a, a car, but it's, some of us can, can turn a car into a, an idol. And, and, and while some Israelites at one point were worshiping metal, they might look at us and go, you just have the same metal, it's just on wheels and moves, okay? Like, it's still metal. We all know what happens to metal, right? Russ. So we would never want a thing to be an idol. For some of us, our, our idol might be social media. Where it's, you know, maybe it's just our phone in general. We can't even put the thing down. When we wake up and it's not where we charge it. We, we like a cat and we're trying to find it as fast as, as we possibly can. It sometimes can feel like 
our, our lifeline. For some of us, uh, our idol might be um, online shopping. When you haven't had a package come to your house in a few days, you're like, something's wrong. <laughs> UPS, y'all get lost? Where y'all at? Why don't we just order something new? Get some toothpaste. Get it coming here. It's just, it's just we're just kind of feeding perhaps uh, a monster. Maybe your deal isn't online shopping. Maybe you're old school. You're offline shopping. You're like, listen, I, like, I still like going to stores. You understand? Like, I, I'll still go and maybe it's clothes or maybe for you it's, it's sports, it's a hobby, it's CrossFit. You just, and again, all of these things can be good, but it's easy for a thing to become an idol. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, an idol is anything you believe can do more for you than God. Whenever you start looking to that thing, you're going, man, I just, well, that, that's becoming a, a God. Some of us have put our trust in, in food, comfort, food. When you're sad, you eat. When, when, you, when you're feeling stressed, you go, man, I love... Man, I would just love a dessert. I just, it's going to make me feel better. I mean, ultimately, this idol is the thing that you run to. Because there's nothing wrong with food, but it, it can be an idol. For some of us, it's fame. For some of us, it's sex. For some of us, it's substances. For some of us, it's, it's alcohol that we run to. For some, for some of us in the room, it's, it's marriage. We've all, we all got friends that are married or single and they just thought marriage was just going to cure everything. And, you know, you get a single person coming, you go, man, I just can't wait to get married. And, and every married person in the room would just go, you should pray about that just for a little bit. <laughs> just pray about it. Just pray. About it. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing about mom. I'm just telling you that's, that you should pray about that decision. Okay. At least five years before you do that. Now, listen, some of us, we idolize power. We just think, man, if I just, if I was in charge, man, oh, and it could become an obsession. For some of us, it's empty nesting. We can't wait for these kids to leave. We're like, man, how many more years they got before they get out of this house? For me right now, my idol, sleep. I need it. Jesus, help me. It's amazing how it's just something that can be good for you can all of a sudden become bad for you. In church, sometimes the guy on the stage can be an idol. Sometimes the guy you YouTube could be an idol. When you would rather hear from them than for you to sit with God alone and just go, God, would you speak to me? And sure, God uses these types of guys to speak to us all the time, and we're grateful for them, but we cannot start turning great men and shepherds and pastors into idols. An idol is anything you'd say, if I just had then I would be, if I just had more fame, more money, then, then I would be more happy, content, fulfilled. If, if there's anything you'd fill in the blank on this, that it's a good chance. It's, it's the thing you've been leaning on. It's the thing you've been trusting in. I mean, ultimately, you ask yourself this question this weekend. What have you been putting more trust in than God? I mean, what, what's your plan? What's your go-to? What's your going, man, if I'm going to bank my life on, I'm really hoping for this promotion. I'm really hoping oh, when I go to college, if we, any of these things can become idols. Uh, ultimately, most of us end up turning to an idol uh, for, for what I believe is, is three reasons. One, the first one is this, is uh, we are subconsciously in a desperate pursuit of a stress-free life. We may not even be aware of it, but we're constantly trying to reduce our stress. 
Oh, I'm going to go get a massage. I'm just stressed. Right, I'm just going to just kind of Netflix and chill today. Right, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just stressed. Right, I'm just going to I'm just going to kind of do my thing because I'm just I'm just I'm just stressed. And so we're trying to reduce our stress. And so we kind of not on purpose or not evil. We just incidentally just kind of turn to an idol. Uh, another another thing that we do to turn to idols is because we adopted admiration for one because of the environment we grew up in. Like you might have this infatuation with money and, and and you weren't trying to do that. You just grew up in a house where that was king. Money was king. Money made your world go around. At least that's what you were taught. And so now you just kind of wake up and you go, man, how in the world did I get here, man? You adopted it. You went to a school, buddies. And it just kind of became the thing. It kind of became the thing that everybody in your environment was obsessed with. And this is the biggest reason, I think, that we often turn to an idol is uh, we actually grew impatient with God. We prayed a prayer that we believed was unanswered. And we go, God, where are you? I've been crying out to you. I've been trying to get some, some count. And I, I just, I'm, I'm not really hearing you. And if I'm honest, I believe most unanswered prayer is actually answered. It was just an answer we didn't like. God said, nah. We were like, what? What do you mean I can't date this person? God's going, it is my grace in your life that, I, that I'm not going to let this happen for you. No. I thank God for a lot of unanswered prayers or the ones where he said, no, you're not going to get what you want. You're going to get what I want for your life. And it's always going to be better. But anytime we get an answer from God that we don't like, we go, well, I'm going to go to the thing that I know that I can have right now. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves turning to something else. So, here's a question. How do you know if something's a thing or if something is an idol? A couple ways. Uh, do you have it or does it have you? Uh, do, uh, is it something you do or is it something that controls you? Um, is it a person you admire or is it a person you worship? I mean, it's how you tell if this is just a thing or if it's, it's an honor. Could you stop doing it if you wanted to? You're like, oh, yeah, I could. Prove it. No, you couldn't. Could you delete that app right now? Yeah, 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 I, I can delete it. And re-download it tomorrow. Like, is, is it something you could really let go? Um, another way of looking at it is, how much influence does it have on your lifestyle? How much influence does it have on your soul? How much influence does it have on your budget? How much influence does it have on your time? Uh, ultimately, allow me to get on a soapbox for a minute. This has nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but just go with me for a second, okay? Have you ever been having a conversation with a friend about maybe going to college or, or a restaurant, just, just something, and about 30 minutes later, you're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and you see an ad for the very thing you were just talking to your friend about, okay? Like, I'm like, are they listening to our conversations? Because this is getting really creepy. One time I was talking to my friend about some shoes, 30 minutes later, I see an ad for those exact same shoes on Instagram. I said, this is God speaking to me right now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for this sign. No, it's an algorithm. Literally now we live in a day and age where an app can literally direct your steps, can literally point you in a direction to affect your time, affect your budget and move your life to the left, 
into the right. At some point, you have to start asking yourself this question. Who's in charge? What's in charge? What's the governing factor in your life? You see in Scripture, other gods is used in a negative connotation over 70 times in Scripture. Other gods. This is God going... What are you doing with other gods? And this is not the message where I would say God is an envious God. It's another message for another day. But what I really want you to understand is God's major issue with other gods and idols in our lives is that they never come as advertised and never deliver on their promises. They don't. They're going to try and sell. Oh, man, if you just got a promotion, you're going to be so happy. Oh, man, if you win at the highest level in your sports, oh, man, this is going to be... And all of a sudden you get those things, you finally get what you want, but you never get what you really wanted. California, about five years ago, they had this billboard and it said uh, BMW Joy 365. In other words, they're trying to say is the only way you're ever going to have joy 365 days a year is if you buy a BMW. Now, uh, you ever met a BMW owner? Like they happy until they got to put their car in the shop. And all of a sudden, there ain't no kind of joy. There's no 365. They're like, this is messed up, man. Like, do you like $3,000 for a tire? Like, they go crazy. Now, all of a sudden, they want a Prius out of nowhere. Okay? Like, it's amazing. But isn't that life sometimes when it doesn't come as advertised? Uh, this is a, a, a church tradition story. You won't find this in the Bible, um, but this, you'd find it in Judaism. A lot of oral traditions were taught in Jewish communities. They were passed down to families. And they often tell the story of Abram and his father, or Father Abraham, his daddy, whose name is Terah. You'll see his name also in Genesis. Terah, Abraham's father, was an idol maker. He actually had an idol shop. People would actually come to the shop and say, hey, uh, I'm going to get that idol. Yeah, we need that in our house, and uh, let me get that one too. And Abram worked at the shop. It was a part of the family business. He would often, uh, a lot of rabbis tell the story that he would deliver the idols to, to customers' houses on wagons. And Abram had had an experience with the one true God and just kind of had a little bit of disdain for the family business. And so one day, uh, Tara leaves Abram in the shop by himself, and Abram goes, all right, I got an idea. I'm going to destroy the shop. And he starts tearing down idols, one by one. And he left one standing, and it was the largest one. His dad comes back to the shop, and he goes, Abram, what, what happened? Abram goes, Dad, you won't believe this. The big one did it. <laughs> and Tara, his father, goes, Abram, you know he doesn't have that much power. And Abram goes, exactly. So why would we sell powerless idols to people for them to worship? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what happens is when we fall for idols, they don't, they don't have any power to give us their promises. They don't, they don't have any power. Some, some people believe, man, if I just have more sex, man, I'll have so much great pleasure. That might be true, but it's a horrible God. Oh, some people believe, oh, marriage, man, it'll give you a great mate, but it's a day and it, the unity of itself, it's, it's a horrible God. Uh, some people believe, oh, man, if I just have more money, man, it could bring you some great wealth, man, maybe you can build some water well, do some good on this planet. But it's a, it's a horrible God. Uh, some, some people 
promotion. Man, listen, I hope everybody here gets promoted. Like, that'd be great. Man, I hope you have a great career and a resume. And man, be... But it's just a, just a horrible God. Some, some of you, man, fame is your, it's your thing, man. I hope you have great influence. I hope you have so many Instagram followers and Twitter followers and Snapchat and all these other things that I still can't even keep up with. But I hope you keep up with it and that your YouTube channel blows up. It's just no matter how much success you have in your life, it's still a horrible God. I don't think it's going to give you what you've been looking for. In fact, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. He says, therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. In other words, he's going to get away from this thing as fast as you can. Because it will ruin your life. You've got a race to run and you don't want to miss it. Distracted by a thing that turned into an idol. So what do you do? How do you flee from idols? How do you get rid of idols? I think the answer is found in Matthew chapter 6. It says this, says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. The savings account, the, the investment portfolio of the day was precious metals and expensive cloths. Can you imagine a world where life was about precious metals and expensive cloths? What have you ever done for expensive cloth and a precious metal? But that was, that was how they saw it. Okay, there was no stocks and bonds. It was like, we've got to get as many precious metals as we can, and we've got to get as many expensive cloths as we can, and this is what life is all about. And Jesus is coming on the scene. He's going, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he gives us an illustration. He goes, hey, uh, let's look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? <laughs> some professionals, medical professionals, would argue that actually worrying could actually take some hours from your life. Now, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who was the, the richest man that ever lived, in all of his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. Seek first. His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you. You want to deal with idolatry in your life? If I want to deal with idolatry in my life, you got to put God first. Let me ask you this question. Maybe you can talk about this over dinner. And maybe you talk about this with your kids. Maybe you talk about this at lunch today. Ask this question. Who or what's first? Another way of asking that question is, who or what has your attention the most? Like what, what, what gets your heart? What gets your soul? What, what is getting the, the majority of your attention? What is the thing that is keeping you up at night? You want to know what got my attention the most this week? 
NBA free agency. I don't know what in the world was going on with me, but I was checking Twitter. I mean, I, I was all over the place. Like, and at some point, I just had to put my phone down. At some point, I had to put on do not disturb. Fellas, have you ever uh, been on a date with, with your lady? Um, you haven't been on a date in a long time, and you're on the date, and then one of your one of your homies calls you during the date, and you made the mistake of answering the phone. I've never done it, but I had some friends that have, and they got in trouble. I didn't, and and my counsel to them was, hey, can you imagine if uh, when you go on a date, you, you put your phone in the middle console or the glove compartment, and just you just went into the restaurant, and, and you just sent a great message. To the person you love the most, you're important. You're not just important. You're more important than everything else. What you communicated to them was, you're first. How are you going to do that with God? For me, and we already took up offering, so I'm not, I'm not talking about money to get you to do something, okay? Just relax, everybody put the guns down, but I give. And the reason I give and give and give and give is, is to go, hey, 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 God, just so you know, you are first. And I'm never going to let Benjamin be my idol. Because I just, I, better men than me have fallen prey for that idol. And I just don't want it to be me. So I just want you to know, you, you're first. Sometimes I'll give early before I get paid, just in case things go south on Friday with the direct deposit, okay? Like I just, I go, Lord, just, just so you know, you're first. There, there are moments when we're singing songs of worship, and I will lift my hands, not because it looks better or cooler, but sometimes I'll actually visualize something that even, there might be something in your life that you go, it could be an honor, it might not be, just in case. I just go, hey, God, I just, it's yours. My, I'm coming out with my hands up. Lord, this belongs to you. You can have it all. There is nothing in my life. There is no opportunity that I couldn't live without. Lord, I just want you to know my life belongs to you. And here's what's interesting. Here's, and here's what I want, you, I, want, I want you to put God first on your list because you got one. And for some of us, if we're honest... God's on the list. Give me a break, Brian. Okay, I got, a, I got the Bible app. Okay, leave me alone. He's on the list. I go to church every night. Like, like, give me a break. I'm doing a lot better than, than the, the Uncle Joe I work with. Okay, like, he, he crazy. But if you and I could sit down, break bread, would we find out in our conversation that he's uh, first? Is he close second? Is he third? What? Put him first on your list. And here's the beauty of what happens when we put God first on the list. Is uh, God then can be in, in control of the rest of the list. So all of the things that have been keeping us up at night, he's going, hey, put me first and let me, let me worry about your promotion. Let, let me worry about the results of your life. Let me, like, just put me first in all of these other things that consume your world. Like, I got you. You go, all right, so if I put God first, am I going to get promoted? I don't know. Maybe not. And what is wrong with that? 
because you put God first and what you got back was a bunch of peace. And so imagine if you never got promoted and still lived the rest of your days with a ton of peace. I would take peace over promotion any day of the week. Would you not? Can you imagine what would happen if you go, man, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to let God take care of the results. I'm going to work really hard and let's just see what happens. I am so confident in a believer that just says, I am going to look at the assignment God has given me. I'm going to do the best that I possibly can with that. And God is first in my life. I don't see how you can lose. I, 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 just, I just don't see the downside in that. I have never, ever seen somebody obey God and go, ah, why did I do that? <laughs> never seen that happen. I've seen so many people obey God to do the craziest things. And they go, somehow, when the story was over, I went, thank God I did exactly what he told me to do. When we put God first, we tell all, every other thing that can potentially be an idol, we go, hey, you're not in charge. You don't get to call the shots. And in my life, God is first. What's the first thing you think about when you wake up? What's the last thing you think about right before you go to bed? Is he first or is he just somewhere on the list? I encourage you this summer to make it a summer where you go, you know what, God, I'm going to put you first. Nothing's going to come in between us. And this is a condition of the heart where we just simply go, God, you know, you know that there are things in my life and you know that there's potential for there to be some idols. And we're all in this boat together. It's a tension to manage. We're, we'll always be, there will always be an opportunity for a thing to turn into an idol. And the best way that we do that is we come out with our hands up going, hey, God. This is why I encourage people to, to go to church consistently because it gives you one weekly opportunity to go. Here you go. And, and the longer you don't, when, 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 if you only go on Christmas and Easter, it's like you only do that two times a year, man. That's a long time. But can you imagine if weekly you were going? Here you go. You are first. And all of a sudden, every time you do that, he sends back peace. And you're going... You know, if all this other stuff works out, man, perhaps the best news you're going to hear all summer is you don't need it all to work out to have peace. You could have it before it all works out. I believe that's what happens when we put God first. Is there an emergency going on because I'm about to run and I hear a beeping noise? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'll run out of here because the sermon's over. So we're good. Okay, so if we all just need to be dismissed... I hear, I don't know if that's a fire alarm or what, but we can all begin to run in these last 30 seconds. God, I thank you so much for this amazing church. I pray, God, that we would put you first in everything that we do and that you would send back a crazy amount of peace, a crazy amount of joy, regardless if our circumstances ever change. God, may you be the only God in our life and may all the other stuff be just stuff that will never satisfy our soul. You are the only person that we want to run to. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. <laughs>